so it was 105 degrees. I was driving like a 2003 Chevy that had no AC. I was dirty. I was moving uh, a refrigerator and like just so gross. And my agent called me and said, hey, this radio station wants you to come in to interview, but you have to go. You got to be there in like two hours. Well, wow. one, traffic in L.A., like I didn't have time to go home and shower or get change of clothes. So I was filthy in a cutoff, sweating through my clothes, driving this truck with a refrigerator in the back. <laughs> and I pull into this parking lot and one of the first people i saw i think was was the owner and i oh. think he took one look at me it was like this is our guy <laughs> this really? guy this country bumpkin if he can put two <laughs> words together we'll figure it out like can he push a play button Give it a year, I bet they'll call you a genius. who canceled that you got me in here <laughs> game changers in culture all right let's go are you kidding me <laughs> when are you releasing you were this? a first pick you were like the froth <laughs> yeah. you know you know, um. Well, that's good because you can only go uphill from here. You yeah. know what I mean? Rep by Scooter Braun, which is, you know, iconic. Uh, Scooter's iconic and then picked up by Kevin Iconic and picky, right? Yeah, he's, you know, he's selective. So, but yeah, I, and, you know, I've been very blessed to have wonderful people in my life. I mean, one of our mutual friends, Judah Smith, was my first pastor in church. And so for yeah. that kind of person or that level of successful person in their own industry to just kind of be a part of my inner circle has been humbling and then honored to be a part of it and then continue to be a part of it because you kind of have to keep updating your resume of friendship, I believe. You can't be an absent friend. So to maintain those relationships over 20 years has been really cool. Who was little Graham Bunn like as a kid? Well, all I wanted to be, I grew up in Raleigh, North Carolina. So, you know, I was born on Tobacco Road, which anybody that's not familiar just means college basketball, like Carolina, Duke, NC State. And so college basketball was on the front page of the newspaper every day. So all I wanted to do was be a basketball player. So when that career and that season ended in my life, I think I was 27 when I stopped playing basketball. And so then I was really lost. I, I That's all I had done my entire life. So you uh, wanted to be... A bas like a professional yeah, I wanted, basketball. Player. I just wanted to be a. I wanted to be a college basketball player, and I was able to do that. Got a scholarship and won a, a bunch of awards, and and, wow. and did really well. Then I played professionally overseas. I never thought I would be a professional basketball player. Uh, I know that I look physically intimidating, but <laughs> I'm not daunting comparison to to most uh, NBA guys. But when that chapter of my life ended, then you know it was really the hardest part of my life because when you have your first dream at 27. You move back from Europe and you're like starting from ground zero. Now, I did have a college degree, which is amazing, and some really cool relationships within the sports world. But other than that, I didn't really know what I was going to do. Was your college degree in radio broadcasting? No, no. Interesting. Well, I mean, it was a full-on act of God. Okay. Which, a literal <laughs> act of God, how I got into radio, which at the time, uh, the country music radio station here in Los Angeles was the biggest ra uh, country station in America. Wow. Number one. Yeah. So to start as the morning show guy with no radio background was yeah. one intimidating and also borderline impossible without a higher calling being like, oh, we're going to test this out. We're going we're gonna to throw this guy in the fire, see if he can swim. I'm already hooked. So, OK, take yeah. me to when you were 27. You just finished whatever you were doing in Europe. Yep, was playing ball in Europe. You come. I assume you move back in with your parents. No, no. Okay. So. Uh, I was raised by a dress blues winning Marine. Okay. Uh, he very independent, uh, did not leave. I mean, he's the core of our family and someone that I, I look up to and admire 
because he just did everything on his own. Like everybody comes to my father for help and he handles everything. So right. at 27, I didn't feel like I could go backwards and be like, hey, dad, you don't want to help me out now. <laughs> so I moved to New York. This is embarrassing and I was horrible at it. So it's not a flex at all. I, I was scouted to model. So I, I, I moved to, to New York. I love it. No, but I, I, I got it, no man. jobs. I got zero jobs. <laughs> like I, they moved me to New York and like I, I, I think I host or. I got chosen. Were you on The Bachelor? I, feel I like... was on The Bachelor, which is also <laughs> a crazy story. I've told it. I guess it's public news now because the girl has told it and ABC has told it. But I was dating a girl who's now like massively famous mm. and she got chosen to be The Bachelorette and she broke up with me to do it. And then I wow. ended up on the show. Wow. <laughs> like and they took it away from her. <laughs> so it was a different girl. Were you heartbroken over that as a side note? Well, we ended up getting back together for like five years. This so. is so Los Angeles. Yeah, it's it, well, it happened in New York, so you know, but it is so Los Angeles. I made this joke at my last show in New York, which was, it's easier to end up on The Bachelor than to end up in love in L.A. I really think that that's true. Yeah, I mean, again, I didn't, I didn't want to be on The Bachelor, and I said no several times. Unfortunately, the closest person in my life had died two days before. I was discovered in a bar and I was abusing alcohol and, and coping with the grief of losing someone in my family and my parents. Cause I was an athlete. I never drank in high school. I didn't really drink when I went to Europe. Uh, this was the first time that I was abused. I was abusing alcohol. I'm not proud of it, but it was what I was doing. And my family said, Hey, look, these people keep calling. They want you to come to LA and do some show we're not familiar with what that is all about. My parents, you know, got married at 21 and were sweethearts in college and, you know, they, they're best friends and they don't know anything about this kind of stuff. But they knew I was behaving in a way that was scaring them because I had never done that before. So they thought, hey, look, let's just break the cycle. Whatever this is, just go do it because we're, we're worried about you. So yeah. when my dad, who's a Marine, is like, go do reality television. I was like, <laughs> maybe this is like a sign. Maybe I should try this. I yeah, don't know. Did you? Because I actually also had the producers of the bachelor randomly call me oh cool and there was a part of me it's like is this god yeah maybe who knows i mean like, f for me it, it was i mean who knows what i would have continued to get into i was living in new york city and i was bartending so i had access to more alcohol than i could ever consume mm -hmm. and new york is a dangerous place if you're not you know about your wits when you're out late at night i was roaming the city and hitting clubs and bars till four or six in the morning and just doing and behaving ways that I had never, you know, that, that really wasn't my personality, but I was leaning into it because it was helping me not think about some of the things that were that really were hurting me at the time. Wow. And I didn't have God in my life. So at that point in time, I felt more alone than I'd ever been in, in, you know, the world. This is such a unique start to a story. Oh I'm like yeah. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. I think I'm, <laughs> I think I'm rambling. I no, don't know. Yeah. No, no. I love it because, you know, a lot of people have this crazy dream as a child mm -hmm. and the rest of their life is spent pursuing it. Yeah. But actually, it doesn't even seem like you were chasing. No, no, I had no idea. I, I was I was sort of like, have you ever seen the movie Castaway? No. Okay, so Tom <laughs> Hanks is shipwrecked or he goes through a plane crash and he's on, a, on this island. At one point in time, he's like, look, I have to I have to get off this. Island. I can't die on this island. So he's out in the ocean and in that ocean, like land is somewhere but when you're in the ocean you don't know which direction land is when i came back from germany and basketball was over for me i felt like i was in the middle of the ocean i knew i was strong enough to make it to land i just didn't know what direction to swim so how did you find that direction 
Because you have it now. Yeah, I, th- I think God. I think Jesus. Um, okay. You know, that was a, a big turning point in my life, meeting Judah Smith and becoming a part of his life before I was a follower and just, you know, being inspired and, and just honored to be included in such a beautiful life, beautiful family. He handles himself well. He helps people. He's respected. And, and I just wanted to be more like him. So when I was around him, I started to soak in the word of God until it washed over me so much so where I was like, wait a minute, I'm not finding this comfort or this love or this feeling anywhere else in anything I do. And so I think that's what led me to take that journey myself without someone pulling me. You know, Judah was pulling me along in his own way, but it wasn't until I chose to really invest and start giving myself up to, okay, let, let me accept this and see what this is all about inspiring Mm. so when you have this inkling which is like i need change i need something in Mm -hmm. me i think a lot of people myself included have gone through many chapters where we feel that but then it's like how did you actually go about becoming whatever this like thing that was taking shape in your life was calling you to be i mean this is a true story and you would have to ask the so the Los Angeles Country Music Station is only one out here, and there's 13 million in the count, 13 million people in the county. So there's a large listenership there. The owner of the station, it's privately owned. It's not owned by a corporation. So it's just one family that owns it. And again, a literal act of God, the owner of the station Googled Christian celebrities in Los Angeles, and my name was on that list. Because of The Bachelor? Because of The Bachelor. What a story. So I had never done a day of radio. I didn't study broadcasting. And I will say this. So God got me in the room because I was on that list. And then, you know, he gave me the opportunity to shine in a moment. Was it just algorithmic? Like, how did you end up on this? Oh, I have no idea. I I, I was just told secondhand by some people that were really upset about it. They're like, this guy gets, you know, the audition for morning show host, morning drive and the number one country station in America. He's never done country radio before. How does that work? And so somehow I ended up on that list. Did you have a job at the time? I was landscaping. Yeah, I was pushing a mower and painting fences. And yeah, it was. Sam, yeah, Graham. Was, and this is also. We're, we've just passed like 10 careers in the first Oh, I've done years. everything. Bartended. Uh, wow. You know, the, the modeling thing. The one modeling job I did, I got booked for a Calvin Klein party. And I told my parents, I was like, I'm, I've made it. Yeah. I'm a huge model now. I'm doing you Calvin gotta Klein. You got to be hot to be on a Calvin Klein No, ad. I show up and they're like, we need you to pass around hors d'oeuvres at Calvin Klein's birthday or whatever. <laughs> it was not a modeling job. It was it was a waiter, waiter job, job, half naked. Uh, and I was like, here, you can keep your $50. You I'm out. There, yeah. are, there are pictures. I don't think wow. it got scrubbed, but there are pictures of that. Wow. I was in really good shape. I was so poor. I never ate. <laughs> it was like really good shape There's back always, then. That's called positive reframing. Right. I love yeah, that. Yeah. So, okay. So wait, walk me through it. So you, yeah. you show up at this audition. They just want mm-hmm. you to talk and all you need is confidence, right? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, honestly, this is Los Angeles. I do have a Southern accent. I look the part for radio. Got a face for radio. So we're good there. He's good with the self-deprecation, yeah. whatever that word is. Yeah. Self-deprecation. Deprecation. Yeah. Yeah. You disarm people with, with those it, comments. It, yeah. So honestly... I think I got the part before I walked in the door because at the time, and you know this because you live in Los Angeles, it was August. It was like 105 out. I drive a big pickup truck out here. So the thing about driving a pickup truck is your friends always ask you to move furniture when they need to move. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I'm the kind of friend that's like, fine, you know, buy yeah. me a, buy me a case of beer and a I'm pizza. actually moving tomorrow. <laughs> yeah? If my mom wasn't in town, I'd, I'd be there because I do still drive a pickup truck. Okay. And uh, so it was 105 degrees. I was driving like a 2003 Chevy that had no AC. I was dirty. I was moving uh, a refrigerator and like just so gross. And my agent called me and said, hey, this radio station wants you to come in to interview they're in the middle of finding their morning show personality, but you have to go. You got to be there in like two hours. Well, uh-huh. one traffic in LA, like I didn't have time to go home and shower or get change of clothes. So I was filthy in a cutoff, sweating through my clothes, driving this truck with a refrigerator in the back. <laughs> and I pull into this parking lot. And one of the first people I saw, I think was, was the owner. And I oh. think he took one look at me and was like, this is our guy. <laughs> this really? guy, this country bumpkin, if he can put two <laughs> words together, we'll figure it out. Like, can he push a play button? We'll hire someone to, like, puppeteer this dude until we figure it out. But I think that he saw me and was so like, funny. in Los Angeles, that's what we need. I, yeah. You know? So did you have, like, deep knowledge of country music? I did have an appreciation and, and a deep knowledge because my father listened to you know I built my first car with my dad and that took almost a year and all we listened to was outlaw country so Waylon Willie Johnny Cash Kenny Rogers I mean he's not outlaw but those are the artists Dolly Parton those are the artists that my dad listened to so I had an appreciation for the history of it but I was a basketball player so for the most part I was listening to hip-hop and like Dave Matthews wow (laughs) yeah so I learned quick on the job (laughs) I you know it became my life and I do pride myself on not having a ton of talent, but I work really hard. So at this point, you book the gig. Book the gig. On the spot. Out the gate. Did you think, I made it? No, not at all. So I'm thinking in my mind, I don't know what radio pays. I have no idea. I and don't I'm, either. I'm landscaping. Oh, right. I'm, I'll, I'll tell you here in a second. So I, in my mind, I'm, I, was, I was landscaping, and then I was also bartending at the Mondrian Sky Bar. Well, they always gave me the worst shifts, so I didn't make a lot of money. <laughs> okay. But it was money. I was just doing whatever I had to do to get by. So in my mind, I'm thinking, all right. And my modeling agent was the one that was, like, doing the deal. Yeah. So, I, you know, I'm like, they don't know anything about this. Right. But the only, only people I had. Yeah. So. Also, I think to even just have a modeling agent, which you glided well, over, yeah. I'm like, that's a big deal. Uh, I don't. Uh, is it? This is LA. I don't have Everybody a modeling agent. Like, well, you should if you want to model, but you yeah. you've got bigger things, yeah. you know. And and there's nothing wrong with modeling, but yeah. you, you're a very talented individual. I, I think Thanks. modeling would be selling you short a little bit. Thank you. But you could do it if you wanted to. Maybe a side hustle. Yes. Uh, so I thought to myself, okay, if they give me this job, I can quit landscaping probably and only bartend like two or three nights a week. That'll that'll figure it out. So the guy calls me, and I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, they offer me forty grand, maybe fifty grand, then I'll be set for this for a little while, and I can kind of figure it out. I can be a little comfortable. And my agent calls me, and and this is so bad. I know we shouldn't be talking about money, but it makes the story funnier. He was like, man, they offered you a hundred grand. We turned it down. I was like, you did what? <laughs> <laughs> so you did what? I was like, where are you at right now? Like you're fired. You are fired immediately. <laughs> And he was like, man, just relax. This is what we do. And, he, you know, he brought in the modeling agent actually called someone at the agency that actually deals with this stuff. Yeah. But I didn't know that. Yeah. And so they came back. We'll just say they came back higher than 100. And wow. I didn't have to landscape or bartend anymore. Wow. <laughs> so but then I guess that was my point. Like, did you feel like, hey, mom, I made it? No, not at all. Because the the contract was six months. OK. So it was like Wait, that much for six months. 
Wow, Graham. Okay. No, Making it was the only, big bucks. It was, uh, the contract was only, I'm not going to get into the money stuff. The contract was only guaranteed. They could fire me after six months, but they were oh. guaranteed to pay me for six months. Okay. So I'm thinking, all right, that's going to be challenging because I've never done radio before. This is going to be trial by fire. You know, I worked really hard. I listened to everything. I built relationships that I, I don't think a lot of radio personalities at that point in time, and maybe I could be wrong. So if there's a radio personality listening to this and rolling their eyes, I totally get it. But I was able to be a non-traditional radio personality, I think. And it seemed to connect. And the radio station's ratings started to do well. And wow. I started to build a very different following. And, um, yeah, so it was, it was just a wonderful season of my life. Yeah. Were you going home, like, crash coursing homework? Did you feel like you were meant for this role? And No, I never felt like this was my calling. But I did feel like this was a wonderful opportunity given to me by God. Yeah. And it was my, it was like he, he gave me all the tools to garden, but he was like, but you got to do the labor. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to do it for you. And, and you know, this is just my own personal belief. And, and I feel like you have similar beliefs that God entrusts us with things, but wants us to do the work. And then your boy killed it, you know, and then your boy <laughs> killed it. <laughs> I could tell. I was not expecting to be laughing as much as I am now. Yeah. Um, you know, what's amazing to me is like if this was the end of your story, it's like winner, winner, chicken dinner. Oh, I don't think know? so. I don't think I've, I've accomplished anything yet. Oh, I love that because clearly that, you know, you're still striving for something. Or I'm just really selfish. I don't know. It's I one don't of those think two that things. But this is if we're going to go down like the philosophy mm -hmm. route. Um, well, what, this is your show. Well, you, no, you're driving I, the car. Well, you like. know what? I had notes, but they are long gone because okay. I'm just like so fascinated. Yeah. So a lot of people come to L.A. or mm -hmm. want to create meaningful impact in all these different fields. Yeah. And they. And this is the place to do it. And yeah, don't tell me that. I'm like, shoot, should I move back to Los Angeles? Um, but you could feel like you're on a hamster wheel running 100 miles per hour and not getting anywhere. And sometimes you wonder, does that mean my destiny is to try something else? Mm -hmm. Or does that mean my destiny is to push harder? And I think your story is different in that it was like the door just opened for you. Mm. And I'm curious what your perspective is on um, how to read your purpose in the world and is your purpose what you desire doing mm -hmm. or is your purpose the door that opens that you should just walk through and and see what happens yeah i don't think anybody knows that i think people choose the more comfortable of those two ideologies of this suits what i'm doing a little bit better and helps me navigate the daily pressures of life as for the hamster wheel there the, if you pivot your mindset on well i'm on a hamster wheel and i'm never moving anywhere but you are getting a lot stronger Wow. Never you know, heard that one. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So wow. you know, there's there's benefits and things to to look at when other people see it as a loss. You can look at it and like I can outrun anybody or I, I'm getting stronger in this facet of my life because I've really been putting in the time on this where other people are like, this is pointless. There's a point to everything. It's just finding it. So tell me what made you switch from that chapter of your life? Yeah, it was it was really hard. So. You know, I built this this wonderful following and family and community here in Los Angeles. And there's there's a strong country following in, in L.A., which is which is great. And 
one of the executives at NBC happened to be a country fan and listened to my morning show. So when the opportunity to host Real Country with Travis Tritch and Aya Twain, they had me come audition, and they gave it to me. Wow. So I was did there it. tough competition for that, or was it in the bag? I would imagine. I mean, I didn't see the other contestants, but it is a national television show, so I would imagine they did their due diligence, and they probably had bigger names and and. I'm I'm kind of just Joe Public, you know, at this point in my career, and uh, they could have gone with a celeb, but I think from the audition, I felt really strongly about my audition and my interviews that I had a good shot, and they gave it to me, and I did ask my boss at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I did ask my boss at the time. We got no, all wait, types wait, of wait. things going on. Yeah. I'm sorry, but no, can you no. see our sound guy? Yeah. You all right? Did he Did he trip? You good? All right. Casey, I love you. I hope you got what you needed. Is he all right? You can just walk in there and get it. Yeah, we're, you're good. You're yeah, not bothering can, anybody. We can yeah. pause. We can edit. There's definitely going to be editing on this. That was so funny. You cannot edit that out. <laughs> That's got to stay. Um. So when you, I, I watched your reel and I was blown away by your stage presence, your charisma, and your confidence. I edited that by myself, by the way. Did you? And I am a village Damn, idiot Sam. when it comes to <laughs> editing. So it took me yeah forever but I'm, I'm really proud of it iMovie it was it was excellently done yeah what did I I think I used Pro Tools you looked like you were born for that role well I think you're biased because we're friends but thank you no but I mean did you feel nervous did you feel like that was a huge step uh I wasn't nervous at all and you'll uh, let me let me just go back and finish and then we'll, we'll hit that so yeah. I asked my boss at the radio station can I audition for this he said yes they gave me the job I told him I was like and NBC is going to pay for a studio in the house that I live in so I can do the show from Nashville Shania will come on and do the show with me Whoa. if you allow me to do it and he basically told me I was fired what <laughs> yeah he told NBC like he does the show and now nah, he ain't coming back because I don't know. That's, they didn't want a huge superstar on their show. They're I like, we know. really signed up for the landscaper. Yeah, maybe I was just really bad at radio, but that's how it felt when it went down. Okay. So I went to film the TV show, and I never returned to country radio. Wow. Yeah, so that was difficult. That And it's been challenging to process, and I really loved that job. I would still be doing that job if it allowed me to do these other things, because I really, I, I really did enjoy hosting that show. So when did that all happen? Recently or? Yeah, right before COVID. So 2018 and then COVID unfortunately scrapped the next season yeah. of the show. Right. So, uh, you know, it, it just didn't come back. And so. For the real country mm -hmm, TV show. For the TV show. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, I did it and you asked, was I nervous? Well, I wasn't nervous at first because there's a teleprompter. I'm well versed in teleprompter. I would imagine anyone that's auditioned for anything in the hosting world has used teleprompter quite a bit. Yeah. And I practiced just like basketball or anything. I studied for, I mean, days, hours. And, I, I, you know, I knew it off the top of my head. And I knew there was a huge prompter if I could read that I'd be fine. <laughs> okay. The only thing was the, the first thing that we shot was like the opening monologue. And they came to me and it was a huge stage. Or there was going to be 500 people in there. And there was going to be Shania Twain and Jay Gowen and Travis Tritt. They're all looking up at me. And that's the, that's the entry of the show. And they're like, don't worry, we're going to go through it like three or four times for blocking. And uh, you'll practice it so much, you, it'll be second nature. And I'm like, oh, great. So I go, and a uh, big shout out. My sister was in town. She she drove from North Carolina to, like, come watch. And yeah. she kind of helped me with the monologue. And said, my sister's, like, super cool and dope and crazy creative. 
they come to me and they're like, all right, and I'm I'm getting ready to go practice. Like I'm just joking around with my sister, like, oh, isn't this cool? Like, look how big the set is. And just they they come to me like, hey, listen, we're behind schedule. So the crowd's already in there, and we're going to film the opening monologue. You got this. No worries. Wow. So I was like, so when is that going down? They're like, oh, right now. We need you to come to stage. Wow. So I was nervous for about 30 seconds, and then once you get out there and start doing it, then you just yeah, – the, the training takes flow. over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would imagine you have similar stories when you perform. Like, yeah. were you nervous the first time you opened for Coldplay? No. Okay. I actually I – was, I was genuinely bummed I wasn't nervous. Yeah? I feel like – when you get that much in the flow, because mm-hmm. I think there's so much preparation. Yeah. And also your whole life, in a way, is preparing mm-hmm. you. Like, you're not just a talk show host, but mm-hmm. you are a person with this specific set of characteristics. You show up in a room with a specific feeling of who you are and, like, your identity. And mm-hmm. I think all those things translate. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I didn't so get you weren't nervous. nervous. I get really nervous for small shows. Like, yeah extremely intimate shows yeah okay if i can see your face yeah when's the last time you did an intimate show uh i've had shows since but i was in london i think like a month and a half ago yeah it was too intimate it really? was scary it was scary how'd it go did you do well yeah i did well i think as an artist you're constantly pushing your boundaries so i just gotten back from columbia writing a dance album okay so it was my first time dancing and then there wasn't like I could see people's faces. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, ah, nice. This is new. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, I think you can't you can't judge yourself if you want to create. I think it's def. I would imagine it's easier if you don't. Yeah. You could always do it. Yeah. It just true. makes it more challenging. Yeah. So I try to observe and be like, this is where I can improve on everything. Yeah. And also know that if you're pushing the limits, it's like not a linear trajectory. Like, oh no, of course not. Yeah. yeah. That's a healthy way to look at it though, because if you don't know that, then you're so confused of why things aren't getting better always. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've already been here. Like, why is this happening again? But the thing is like, unlike you, I sucked so bad at singing. Like mm. I was I'm not... terrible at singing. I sang the hook on a rap song yesterday. First time ever. Oh, they for, needed for a what? country verse. Damn. So Seriously? I'm, I'm in a basketball run and there's this rapper out here that I'm homies with. Uh, his name's Problem. He opened up for Snoop and he's like, I kind of a big deal in the rap game, I guess. And yeah. he's like, yo, I need you to sing the hook on this. I need a country accent on this hook. So he sent it to me, and one of my boys, uh, another guy who's super talented, he just did all the music for Creed. Yeah. So he has a studio, and I was like, yo, can I come in and, and sing this hook? And he was like, yeah, I got you. And so I went and sang the hook on this rap song yesterday. I'll let you know when it, when it drops. We have the next male pop star in the room. <laughs> no, this is so, not at you're all. You're so fascinating yeah. to me. I'm like, I felt like it was awful. I was like, man, this sounds terrible. Damn. Because I'm not a rapper. You know, he was like, nah, just do it, at, you know, have a couple beers and really lean into it. Well, I'm so curious to hear how that yeah. goes. You know how LA, LA is. You just fall into certain things. Like, you, yeah. there's so many creatives out here. So true. Yeah. It's also, I think it's more fun that way because it keeps your, you know, creative energy flowing and being oh, curi- yeah. curious is huge. It was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also fun to do things where you have no expectations on the result of it. Like, yeah. I was just humbled that he included me because he's like a legit rapper. And he was like, dude. Nah, I love your voice. Just come on and do it. Lay it down. We'll we'll put it through the mastering. I was like, all right, whatever, man. I'm actually learning that the number one blocker of progress in creativity is perfectionism. Mm-hmm. And that if you can just jump, see what happens, like don't mm-hmm. take things so heavily and tread lightly. Yeah. Is that something you struggle with? Perfectionism? Yeah. I think as a woman, yeah. you 
it's like ingrained in culture to want to be perfect. Women do run the world, though. I will say that. I'm actually a like deep believer that men and women are uniquely gifted. Like Mm -hmm. a woman doesn't have the like testosterone needed to do what men do. Men don't have the estrogen needed to do it. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, Symbiotic. It's a symbiotic relationship. No, I think that becoming um, comfortable with discomfort Mm -hmm. is so important and I feel like I've definitely had to just be like this is my ego and I'm aware that it exists and I will get scared if this happens but Mm -hmm. if I value that then I'll never try and if you don't value that and you value what you can create then you end up you know exploring and pushing those limits and I feel like that's been super helpful Mm -hmm. you know now that is really getting under the covers right there. That <laughs> Where's is, the blanket? Are, yeah, we are under the covers right now. Hey no. yo. <laughs> so I want to um, come back to like present day. So okay. you last time I was in LA, or maybe a couple times ago, you said, "Oh, I just started working with Amazon. Mm-hmm. I researched you for this show. Oh, cool. You're also working with Spotify. I used to work for Spotify. Yeah, I did their okay. very first. Yeah, Amazon and Spotify, they they don't like each other. So I I, they wouldn't let me do that. Okay. <laughs> so Amazon stole you. Amazon gave me a very nice job. Okay. And so I, I, I was very blessed and uh, was given the very first sponsored country podcast ever by Spotify. And wow. so I signed a one-season deal. And then at the end of that, I was given the opportunity to shop what I had done around and uh, I was presented with another opportunity at Amazon that included a little bit more music. So Spotify's job was basically just a podcast and interview styles, things that we're doing right now, which is great. I don't think that's my strong suit. Yeah. And Amazon gave me the ability to play music, do a morning show style show. Uh, the paycheck was great. very kind. I'm sure. Very kind to me. And I'm humbled and hopefully I get to continue it. But again, I just signed a one year deal because I think they were I think they're launching it. So the platform that I'm working for is in beta. Cool. So who knows what they'll do once it's like global. But I've been able to really add a lot of value and they've been super kind and awesome and very complimentary of everything that I've added to the company in my time there. But we'll see what happens after that. Okay, and the last question in regards to your career and then yeah. I want to get into like your beliefs. Okay. But um how the heck did you end up working with Scooter Braun? Because first of all, Scooter <laughs> yeah. Braun is notoriously incredible. Yeah. And he, I remember listening to him on a podcast and he said something like, you know, don't, don't come find me. I will find, I'll you. find you. Yeah. yeah. And, and he, will. <laughs> he will. So how did he find you? Uh, we, I've known Scooter since college. What? So I've known Scooter over 20 years. Did you grow up together? No, uh, uh-uh, just, uh, through mutual friends and we've and the cool thing about Scooter is Scooter didn't get involved with me professionally until it was like a proven commodity. He he told me, "Look, I love you and we'll always be brothers." Like he he's a really close friend. Like I go over, I spend Thanksgiving at his house and like I I coach his kids in basketball and um but he said when it comes to business, like this is a business and when you're ready if you're ever ready, I'll come get you, you know? Wow. And so it was years of me plugging away until some things went, went, went my direction. I'm and guessing it's a Spotify and Amazon. Am I right? Oh yeah. I mean, Spotify. Well, after I did the TV show, 
uh, word got around. CA kind of called me and said, hey, we would like to represent you. I was not with CAA, and CAA is very selective. I know. When I was 12 years old and I was like, what is L.A.? I researched like agencies, yeah. and I just remember being like, CAA represents Brad Pitt, and mm -hmm. I was like, that's the one. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. And Graham Bunn. And, yeah, and Graham Bunn. I mean, we get confused for each other a yeah. lot. So, it's, you know, understand. When you said Brad Pitt, people you are like, well, isn't kids she all adopted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, again, Judah Smith, CAA, um, I have a relationship, a very close, and I'm, I'm proud of it, Kevin Uvane at CAA. He's, like, the majority owner of CAA. Wow. Uh, Scooter Braun, Just SP coincidentally? Projects. Is it because you're yeah. so charming? Is it no, you're, that is what, coincidentally. What did your sister write about you? Yeah, dripping with southern charm. Yeah, I think no the the CAA thing, and also you know I, I earned that one too. But I had known Kevin Uvane because when I moved here again, Forrest Gump reference, I just fall into these weird scenarios, and I think it's God placing me in these spaces to say, look, I care about you. I want you to do the work to create a wonderful life for yourself, but I love you, and I'm going to put you there because you're my child, and you know this is what parents do. I was at a uh, I moved I went to a party a house party and my buddies come over and they're like hey one of our friends like his son needs some help in basketball and you know you're a former pro basketball player would you ever coach him up I said yeah of course if he's your friend I'll do it I didn't know who the guy was I walked yeah. over I meet the guy he's like yeah why don't you come over to the house like meet my son if if you guys get along like I'd love to hire you to coach him and I said man I'll just do it for free I you know it's basketball like I enjoy basketball and I like kids like I used to coach uh you know high school camps and and then i pull up to well i'll just say a palatial estate where right. the address because i'm not from la so he gave me the address I was like great yeah now i know that address yeah <laughs> i'm like what i've been to a few of yeah. those where so you're like where am i yeah like i was like this is la like that there's a lot where are the other houses at <laughs> yeah, i need to rethink that doing this for free thing like <laughs> yeah. um, and he and he paid me he was great yeah. he's like dude i'm not gonna you're not gonna do it for free but it ended up being Kevin Uvane, who Whoa. owns CAA. <laughs> Whoa. So sometimes you hear people say stuff that I'm like, is this actually true or do people just say it? And one of the things that people say is like, life is a roller coaster, you know, like there are ups and there's downs. But mm -hmm. it feels like in your life, like you've been deeply blessed in a oh, deeply, yeah. continual way. So when it came to radio, when it came to country music, when it came to basketball, I loved the process. And there was ups, there was downs and you know, when I lost the job in the radio, that was a huge down for me because I loved that job. And it was security. Doing yeah. TV, there's no security. You never know when the next season's going to happen. And I'm up for a few shows right now, but it's like the 10th show that I finished third on or something, you know? Yeah. And in L.A., unfortunately, like I lost a show to Channing Tatum. I lost a show to all these big names. And I'm like, well, I can't compete with that because I'm not a big name. Like I can go in and I've been told, man, that was that's the best read we've seen all day. And then you're like, oh, well, I got it. Not so much because there's other things that go in it. So there's been a ton of downs. And luckily, I have a wonderful support system. I am represented by some pretty power players that I think would never do that. And they care about me as a person. They would never bring me on if they didn't see what in me what needed to be there to ultimately be successful. But, yeah, I've, I've taken my lumps more than than I've gotten, you know, positives. So inspiring. Mm. I have to say, because I feel like I've known you for years, but mm -hmm. all I know of you yeah. prior to like researching your pretty sure. yeah. <laughs> is like, well, we're this guy is the most like genuine. You have such a oh. genuine, kind way of being. It's very 
beautiful and inspiring. Oh, thank you. Um, Ladies, if you're out there. Yeah, you know? I know. <laughs> 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 He's single, baby. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to do some rapid fire questions. Let's go. Okay. Career highlight. One sentence or less. Having my sister and my mom watch me host a national television show and crush it. Like, I felt <laughs> like I killed it. Coming off stage and walking to my dressing room and they're in there and there's like snacks and like all this stuff that that's free. I'm like, no, eat it. It's free. You know, whatever. <laughs> that was cool. I, I felt like they thought I was cool in that moment and that was super dope. I kind of want to talk about your family okay. at some point. We'll right. get back to it though. Okay. First thing you think about when you wake up. I mean, my dog probably. Man, did I sleep too late? Does he need to be walked? I love my dog. <laughs> He's the man. He's like my, yeah. like my best friend. I love it. Goes with the truck and the yeah. country vibe. He loves my truck. He sits in. The, he like wants to go sit in the truck when it's just in the driveway. Man's best friend. Your favorite country singer? All time or currently? All time. Mm, that's brutal, man. <laughs> you're vicious. I thought yeah. we were friends. Wow. Chris Stapleton. And or Morgan Wallen, one of those two. I actually, I was in Soho the other day, mm -hmm. like a couple months ago, and it was like a small little dinner party, and Morgan Wallen showed up, and oh, I nice. had no idea who he was. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's he's I would think the biggest country star on the planet right now. Actually, I kind of want to talk about this because. Mm -hmm. The only reason why I knew he was was because some friend of a friend came up. He's like, oh, that's Morgan Wall. And he's like super conservative and Christian. And like, I hate his guts. Yeah. And he's a preacher kid. He's a PK. Yeah. Do you ever feel intimidated to talk about like your core beliefs? Because I feel like you have a lot of. No. Wow. Take it or leave it. You know what I mean? Especially in L.A. Like, you I never think that people are going to unfollow. Oh, of course they'll unfollow. Okay. I just don't care. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, it is what it is. I think yeah. I'm way better at being me than anything else. Mm. So I'm going to go with what I know, and that's just be me. And unfilter. No, I filter quite a bit. I, You know, I, I want to I make sure that I'm polite and respectful of everyone else, but I'm not going to sacrifice who I am at my core and some of the blessings that I know I could have never presented to myself. I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth and turn it away. So I know the role that God for me has played in, in any kind of level of success that I have. So if it's ever broached or the subject comes up, I never stray away from it. And I've been told, hey, we need you not to do this or this is a little too much. You know, even on the radio, I'd be like, yeah, I was at church last night and, you know, blah, blah. Like the, so there was a time where Justin Bieber, you know, he attends our church. He's a, he's a buddy of mine through a mutual friend, uh, got in that car wreck outside of church when he was leaving church. Right, and it, was yeah, like it, was this huge, it was this huge ordeal. So, me and Justin and Rye and Judah and everything, we, we we get him out of the truck and we go in the back and we pray and we make sure everybody's good and he was telling us exactly what happened. Well, the next day on the radio, that's like all the news. And so I bring it up that we were at church. No, we prayed about it. Everybody's good. That was, you know, we're not, we're not making light of any kind of accident because so many people get hurt in accidents, but this is what actually went down. And so, you know, I was talked to about not – bringing up church as much and i said well you got to take you can't take me in slices like it, there's good there's bad but like you can't just pick what you want so wow like we'd love to hear the are justice ever... story but not church well it took place in church so yeah. that's where it was there you go are you ever scared that somebody that has like power in your life like your boss for example mm -hmm. would be like oh we can only take you in slices okay let's like slice you out yeah of course but I also, just for me, I can't speak for anyone else because that's a very rational 
uh, anxiety and stress to have and carry because I know in the workplace, you know, that is not in most places an acceptable thing. It's it's known that, hey, you, you have your own beliefs and you keep your beliefs to you. But at the workplace, it's, it's you know, we're not a, this is not a religious place to work. And I understand that. But I firmly believe I was hired as Graham Bunn. My show was Graham in the mornings. So I was authentically Graham. And so telling stories, it would come up. And so being asked to leave certain things out, I just one ear out the other because I feel like the person I believe in and the person that put me in that seat was way more powerful than the person that signed my checks. Damn, you're so freaking inspiring to me. <laughs> no, I love this. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> this is so great. And I haven't had any beer. Like, this is all, <laughs> this is sober. Like, wow. No one Can offered me a beer when we two, got in here, you know? Next time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, last time you did something that made you uncomfortable. Ooh, man, what was her name? I talked to that girl. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, He's like, I went on a date. No, yeah. It's been a minute since I went on a date because I've been traveling so much. So it's been huh. a few weeks, but. I can't remember. That's like a drought in L.A., by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Uh, my clock's ticking. I, I want a family. <laughs> I got to figure it out. Um, yeah. I, I, I really can't remember the last time I was uncomfortable. Okay. Yeah. Would you ever go back on The Bachelor? No. Okay. Um, best gift you've ever been given? My grandfather. Oh, I, actually, I'm wearing it. My grandfather left me his ring, his dog tags. Uh, I've my, seen that on yeah. you every time I've ever seen you. Yeah, my grandfather served in World War II and was part of the the battalions that liberated the concentration camps. So wow. some of the stories. So he left me his flag, his ring, and his dog tags when he passed. And then uh, I wear his ring and his dog tags anytime I do something special. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, like being here. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and uh, my flag that he, you know, when he passed, uh, he gave me his flag and I put that in my studio. So I see it every morning before I do my job because I understand and realize the sacrifices that my family has made for me to be here. So. Okay, if you could nominate somebody to be like under the covers, whose whose world would you want to go under? Minka Kelly, maybe. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Minka cool. Kelly. And there you I'll, go. That was a very confident statement. Man, I love her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's the best. I guess I should ask your celebrity crush while we're at it, but I love that. Okay. <laughs> I think you could guess my celebrity yeah, crush. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Um, if you could give your younger self a piece of feedback, what would it be? Uh, I'm looking. I'm searching for the right word as far as like the losses or the downs. Don't like prey on them. Don't don't sit with them. And when I say prey, I mean like P R E Y. Don't mm. don't sit with them for too long. Like you're, they're gonna happen. You know, you, no one is undefeated. You know, no one bats a thousand. So you're gonna miss shots. You're you're gonna fail. It's part of being successful. So don't take the losses as hard as I did, you know, like when I didn't succeed, I was really hard on myself and, and that's kind of healthy in a way, but I think it's also detrimental to, all right, let's move on. Let's be better for it. We're going to forget the trivia because yeah, that we don't want to well. hurt you. Yeah, and I don't want to get fired. Like, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> okay. We're going to play a couple cards of we're not really strangers. Who was it? The answer though. Was it Johnny Cash? I didn't click. Oh, Can okay. Open it up. No, nah, that's fine. I'll okay. look it up. We'll both. I'm interested. We'll both open up okay. a card. What yeah. do you think is the hardest part of what I do for a living? Can I show you the card that you handed me? Did you read what you handed me? No. <laughs> can I hand you the card? And can you read the other card that you handed me? Yeah, here. This is my card. Okay. You want to read my card? Yeah. Here you go. Now turn it over. 
That is so crazy. It says press shuffle on your music library. Explain the first song that comes up. We are definitely doing this, Mr. Country Music. Okay. Do you have your phone? I think I do have my phone. Well, good. But you didn't answer my question. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. What do you think is the hardest part of what I do for a living? Oops. I'm going to take a second with this because what you do is very challenging. I've been in your chair before, so I have a unique knowledge of some of what you do. But I don't I don't know some of your personal challenges. You seem like a very kind person that likes to hear other people's stories, so I don't think it's challenging for you to listen. Sometimes interviewers don't listen, and that's really that's really difficult. When you're watching it, you're like, man, I didn't even listen yeah. to this answer. Yeah, um, yeah. I think what would be challenging for you because you are creative is allowing my answers to some some way dictate how you move forward in your life. Now, hopefully there's some positives out of our conversation, but I don't know, you know what's in your heart and what makes things unique to you. And only you would know that. So allow, not allowing someone to influence you in a certain area that you just need to follow your own heart. I think that would be challenging. I love that. I perceive myself to be a selective sponge so i'm okay. actually oh that's the, great yeah so yeah. for the most part i don't um that's good. feel influenced by people but then mm. when i find people that inspire me which mm. you are i'm like Bars give really me low. all of your wisdom really low <laughs> yeah well, all right so, so what is low. the most challenging thing for you then because if you're a selective sponge that wouldn't be the most challenging the reason i started this series is because i was such an underdog mm -hmm. and I really like believe that anybody can be who they aspire to be. Okay. I think especially at the beginning of my journey, getting people to believe in me was super hard. Like I mm -hmm. booked the Coldplay gig with no management, mm -hmm. no booking agent, no label, yeah. no lawyer. Now all those things are coming together like pretty yeah. crazily, which I'm excited about. Have you signed with a record label? No. Well, okay. I've signed like individual songs, sure. but it's not the same thing as a major. Right. But like, Do you want to be with a major? Yeah. Okay. And some crazy, um, amazing legal teams have reached out to me, and they're mm -hmm. like wanting to shop my music. So, but I think for the longest time it was like I knew what I was capable of. Yeah. But finding people to believe in that, I just had to do it all myself. Yeah. Well, the beautiful thing about that is because people will come and go. You're going to be you your whole life. Yeah. So you don't have to be dependent on that. You yeah. don't have to be dependent on a team because you've done it without one. So yeah. now it's just extra. Now it's a blessing. Yeah. But you don't ever have to fear it going away because you did it without one anyway. Yeah. And sometimes what you perceive to be your curse is actually your of blessing. Of course, yeah. So I feel like it's made me really get in touch with my purpose, which I feel like is just inspiring, mm -hmm. like giving people a reason to believe in themselves. Yeah, definitely. So. Of course. There's a line in a Drake song that I used to always love oh. that applies to you. It says, uh, everybody... Cross genre. Yeah. It, it <laughs> okay. was like, um, everybody got a deal. I did it without one. So, like, there you're go. doing it. with You did or accomplished so much without any of that team. And it's wonderful. Of course, you want all the support you can get. Yeah. But never forget that you did it without that. Yeah. You know, that's a very strong thing that, that no one can ever take away from you. That's a beautiful thing to say. Thank yeah. you. Little okay. gangster reference there. There you, you go. Know. Keep it G. We're going to do two more of these, and then okay. we're actually done. But I oh, want cool. you to yeah, shuffle right. your library. Damn, that is good country. Real country, if I might say. Is this even country, or is yeah. this like classical? Yeah, no, this is it's Zach Bryan. Okay. Yeah, Highway Boys. And 
explain the song? Uh, I think it's, you know, it's just, well, one, I liked the album, so maybe it's just playing. There's 34 songs on this album, and it's fairly new, but oh I, think Highway, I think Highway Boys is just about um, the life that artists live, like, you know, on the road and, and going certain places and some of the sacrifices that he's making, and he's on the highway. I think that's what it's about, uh, you know, off the top of my head. Love. Now, Love. if you would ask me about something in the orange, because I play that a million times a day, and maybe that's why something by Zach Bryan came up, yeah. I'd probably have a better answer because that's more I like driving cross country and the sun was going down. And I was like, oh, that's what he's talking about. Like, yeah, God's painting there of like, man, there's there's something into this. There's something in the air right now. I'm going to have to ask you to send me like a playlist because I one. don't really know anything about country music, but I would love to. You would have to send me one or two songs that you like and then I can make you something pretty dope off of those. Like country songs? Yeah. Or like artists that you enjoy, because okay. then uh, you know there's there's several different subgenres of country music now, and so okay. if you're dipping a toe, I'd love to start where it's like not too aggressive. There you, know? you go. Okay. Yeah. Last card for you and last card for me. All right, I'm gonna go with uh, this one. Okay. Level two. Level three. Mm. Oh my god, I don't know if we're gonna do this one. <laughs> well, that means we're definitely doing it. It's a wild card. It says okay. write a song about your partner for 30 seconds and sing it out loud. Get into it. Both okay. players. Oh, well, no, that's you. <laughs> You're the artist. All right, we'll do another one. Pick another one. Okay. Pick another one. Okay. I already sa I sang a hook yesterday. I only sang once a week. Has a stranger ever changed your life? That's a great question. Yeah, Jesus. I didn't know Jesus when I met him. Jesus would be so proud of you. You're but such a good boy. Oh, no. You know? Not at all. But uh, again, like he, he was a stranger to me. And so he changed my life. I love how much clarity you have about that. Like that answer came out right away. It wasn't yeah, like, definitely. that means you deeply, deeply believe it. I love that. Mm. You're amazing. No, I just want to yeah. take a moment <laughs> yeah. as we're ending to yeah. just say that I am so amazed by how much beauty you've cultivated in your life deep, long-lasting friendships, like such a positive outlook on life, all these wonderful career mm. opportunities, and yet how grounded and... <laughs> oh, well, I mean, yeah, you know, it's easy to be grounded when you haven't really done anything. <laughs> Hi, my name is Layla Perry, and you're watching Under the Covers, my show about the risks taken, the mountains climbed, and the victories behind some of the biggest game changers shaping culture and entertainment today. Jeremy Fox, yes, Max Lugavere, <laughs> Mari Llewellyn, it's me, Glenn Coco, <laughs> Drumroll, Graham Bunn, <laughs> Scott Hansen. Greatest <laughs> intro ever. Give it a year, I bet they'll call you a genius.